and welcome to the Insatiable Appetite. I'm Robertson Allen, Senior Consultant at Hartman, and I'm here today with my Retainer Services colleague, Alyssa Chevalier. Hi there, I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, so Alyssa, while many of the changes that we've seen uh, brought about by COVID are characterized by things like stress and uncertainty, which you know we're definitely familiar with, Today, we wanted to focus on uh, something that looks like a bright spot during the pandemic, and that is pets. Yeah, that's right. We've reported previously on how the stress of the pandemic has translated into shifting cooking and eating habits among consumers, but COVID-19 has also changed many pet owners' relationships to their animals as Mm -hmm. well. Um, According to the American Pet Products Association, about two-thirds of American households own a pet. So that means over 63 million households have a dog and 43 million households have a cat. And so with these huge disruptions from the pandemic keeping keeping people at home much more, people and their pets are all of a sudden spending way more time together. Yeah. I actually heard a story... Uh, about a veterinarian who started seeing all these cases of cats with weird behaviors and dogs that were scratching themselves all day. And it just turned out to be pet owners who hadn't noticed these things before because they weren't home with their pets all day. And now they are. So they're seeing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of spending more time at home, um, you know, a lot of new people, new pet owners have also decided that this is the perfect time to bring a new pet into their homes. Mm -hmm. And so there's been this huge increase in pet adoptions, so much so that I've, I've heard that some places in some places, shelters have had periods when they've adopted out all or almost all of their animals. Yeah, that's amazing. But so what do you think with all these new pets um, and people more, people spending more time with them and maybe bonding with them in new ways or bonding with new animals. Um, What types of changes do you think we'll see in what they're feeding to their pets? Uh, Well, um, at Hartman, we we know that uh, food trends can show up and often do show up in the pet market before they go mainstream in human food. We've seen that with things like uh, certain free-from call-outs, and lately, before COVID, we saw a shift in pet food to functional ingredients. You know, mm. things like adaptogens, various mushrooms that are still rather forward-leaning in human food, but they're starting to show up in pet food more often as well. Or, you know, to a, a little bit older example is CBD. Um, about a year ago, we started definitely seeing that in pet treats. Mm-hmm. So things like CBD and uh, other kinds of these natural stress reducers, uh, they've been a big part of how some humans are coping with all this anxiety that's swirling around us these days. And you know that added stress and extra anxiety will probably accelerate uh, things like CBD and other uh, natural stress reduction methods in the pet market too, um, especially... Whenever people start going um, back to work and stop working from home, if that does happen, um, that makes me really think that you know pets and things like separation anxiety will probably become a bigger issue for more people in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I can see how that might be an issue for 
new pets who are used to having people around and then suddenly, you know, being alone all day. Yeah. I've, I've also wondered about what kinds of challenges new pets owners, new pet owners might face in the future, given that a lot of the usual opportunities for socializing a puppy aren't mm-hmm. available right now or yeah. in-person puppy classes. But anyway, back to food, I think that we should also expect to see some folks spending more time prepping their pets' food, too, just like we see them cooking more um, at home, or at least turning their attention to their pets' food a little bit more or experimenting with what their pets are eating. We've seen raw food as a trend for many years, but one thing that's gaining more traction lately is these human-grade prepared foods uh, that aren't necessarily raw, so brands like The Farmer's Dog or The Honest Kitchen, for example. And that kind of pet food is significantly more expensive than other options. But for the moment, um, in our research, we haven't really seen much price sensitivity in the overall food and beverage market. So it may be that pet parents will want to splurge a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because, you know, I, that's one thing that I've heard people talk about. It's like if you can't go out and spend money on these kinds of fun activities that you're used to doing, um, the idea is that you might as well go spend it on good food, right? Something that mm-hmm. you can get. Um, and if you have a pet, they might as well be part of that kind of splurge. Um but, you know, we'll see um, if those splurge behaviors hold up. I, I'm kind of wondering if we do move further into a recession, um, they, 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 it may be interesting to see if they do hold up. And, you know, if we do move further into a recession, let's hope that any future financial hardship you know, doesn't lead to uh, packed adoption centers again. Yeah. Um, but I do think that premium pet food, uh, that market is going to stay as a strong growth engine. Um, and it has been very strong for at least the past decade. Um, uh, Alyssa, why do you think consumers are more willing than before to get those kinds of premium brands for their pets? Yeah, I think so. We hear a lot about this long term trend uh, in the humanization of pets. Um, but we also see that those. Consumers who are more engaged like health and wellness and sustainability are starting to bring their ideas of what that means to how they approach their pet's diets as well um, because they're thinking of their pets as kind of additional members of their family. My, my baby. Yes. So this often takes the form of valuing freshness in pet food or less processed food and now even these personalized diets that go beyond things like the age or size of the pet and are more customizable than the traditional prescription diets Mm. that have, of course, been around for a long time. Um, And we know that pet food purchasers are more likely to be engaged with sustainability issues like animal welfare, buying local, free-range, grass-fed, and socially responsible. So all of those cues tend to resonate well in pet food, just like they do for those consumers when they're shopping for their own groceries. Yeah, that makes sense um, too. Um, yeah, speaking of humanization of pets, um, Alyssa, I know you have a dog who's pretty spoiled himself, right? Uh, how's he doing? He's about as humanized as they come. Uh, he's thrilled to have his pre- his people around all the time, um, but we actually have to make a concerted effort to leave them alone every once in a while 
so he doesn't <laughs> forget that he can't do absolutely everything with us. <laughs> but if I'm honest, I think probably I will be the one with the separation anxiety once we go back to the office. Oh. He's definitely been a huge help in keeping me sane and grounded during these strange times. Yeah, yeah, I, I can understand. My two cuddly cats have been really great for that, too. <laughs> and, you know, they definitely keep me to a schedule. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm very happy to have them around, too. Yeah. Well, that about wraps things up for this week's podcast. Um, thanks for all of these insights, Alyssa. And everyone, be sure to give those furry friends a hug because they deserve it. Thank you. <laughs>